Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Who is the world's strongest person? Each summer there's a competition to win that title. Competitors lift all sorts of outlandish weights, even cars concrete objects, to see who can lift the most and sometimes transport it prescribed distances in the swiftest amount of time. Each year, a champion is named. But Scripture has a different definition of strength. It's not just physical strength. See if this resonates with you. Solomon said in Proverbs 16, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that takes a city. You see, the world's strongest person scripturally is one who is slow to anger and one that rules their own spirit. Down through history, there have been strong, strong people who just simply could not rule their tempers. And as we begin to discuss authenticity, I think it's important we recognize that the anger issue has to be resolved. It is impossible to be authentic and transparent and also angry all the time. It can't be hidden. It will always bubble over. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Anger is a heart issue, and so it will be revealed. So to be authentic, we have to address the anger issue. Let's review some of the men in history who have struggled with this very thing. Alexander the Great. During a banquet where this young man was drinking, he grew angry with his best friend, killed him with a spear. Alexander the Great realized immediately what he had done. And had it not been for his officer standing by, he would have killed himself with the same spear. Through several days and nights, he called his friend by name. You see, Alexander the Great was known for conquering the world, but he couldn't conquer the world within. Anger is a mighty, mighty foe. What about Julius Caesar? In the year 49 BC, Caesar was at the absolute height of his military career. In just nine years, he had completely subdued France for the Roman Empire. And now some men who were jealous of his victory denied him the triumph procession he deserved. He grew angry. And there on the border of Italy, he made the decision to cross the Rubicon River in his anger. And by doing that, he did what only one other Roman, Sulla, had ever done. He marched his army against Rome herself. Years later, Brutus, the liberator of Rome, ended Julius Caesar's life. Crossing anger's Rubicon has led many a people to disaster. Or here's one that you may be more familiar with. His name is Aaron Burr. He was an associate of General George Washington, grandson of the great preacher Jonathan Edwards, and vice president of the United States under Thomas Jefferson. But he grew angry at Alexander Hamilton, killed him in a duel, and his political fortunes went straight down. He died a lonely, forsaken man who haunted the New York Harbor, waiting for his ship to come in, I guess. Anger has bitter fruit. The most powerful people in the world unite behind Solomon to tell us that the strongest person is the one who can control their spirit. This week on Daily Devotion, I think it's very important 
as we dive into the subject of authenticity, or I could actually use the word integrity, that who we are within matches who we are and say we are without, that the anger issue is very important. Let's look at biblical history, Cain. Cain is scripture's first angry man. He offered a sacrifice that was bloodless, unacceptable. His brother offered a tender lamb. He offered vegetables. God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but rejected Cain's. Cain, the Bible says, grew very, very angry with his brother. Anger has many roots. Let me give you a few of them. What about jealousy? That's the one seen with Cain, jealousy. And here's another. It's illustrated in the life of Moses. What can one fit of anger cost you? Well, it can cost you the promised land. He was angry with the people of Israel for their grumbling and complaining. Didn't they see what God had already done for them? Why were they fussing? They wanted water. He would get them water. God had told him to speak to the rock, but he struck the rock. Anger. Where did that come from? Impatience. That is the second root of anger. Anger blinds people to what they really need. The Syrian captain who was a leper almost missed his healing because Elisha commanded he dip seven times in the Jordan River. And that's anger's third root, wounded pride. It was in the words of Will Rogers, people who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. Anger will always cause you to miss the party. You remember that? The elder brother, he refused to go into the father's party. Why? He had never forgiven his younger brother. That's anger's fourth root, unforgiveness. And then there's another root. There's just another one. That's seen in the life of Jonah. Anger can cause you to miss the work of God in action. Just as the elder brother didn't recognize the prodigal's repentance, neither did Jonah recognize Nineveh's repentance. The reluctant prophet preached God's message. Nineveh repented. God forgave them, and Jonah got angry at the perceived injustice of it all. And that fifth root of perceived injustice is at the heart of a lot of anger today. Someone's treated us bad. We deserve justice. We lash out. Anger, though, is not always bad. It's okay to be angry when you're upset on the Lord's behalf, like David with Goliath. It's okay to be angry if it moves you to do the right thing in the right way, like Jesus cleansing the temple. It's okay if it yields peace. Proverbs 25 says, the north wind drives away the rain. So does an angry countenance drive away a backbiting tongue. (laughs) When it's momentary, it's okay. Paul said in Ephesians 4, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. It's unwarranted anger that destroys the inner man. That makes it very difficult to be authentic because you lacked the inward integrity to be transparent. I can give you the fruits of unwarranted anger. Let me just name a few for you. Unwarranted anger weakens your inner bracing. Within each of us, there comes an inner bracing that supports the outward man. Some call it the will of man, the fiber, the core, the being of man. Anger will weaken that inner bracing. 
Here's another thing unwarranted anger will do. It causes us to make terrible decisions. You see, choices are the building blocks of life. And when we make poor decisions, we're building with shoddy building material. Anger causes us to make lousy decisions. One person called into a jewelry store after receiving a late notice on the bill in the mail. She said, you've made me so think I can't mad straight. Yes, that's what happens. Anger blinds us to the valuable things in life. Every passion of the flesh acts as a blinder. Whether it's hatred, lust, jealousy, envy, or wrath, it blinds us. It darkens us. You may remember the story of Sinbad the sailor when he and his men, hungry and thirsty, landed on a tropical island and they saw coconuts in high trees. They couldn't climb the trees. They couldn't reach the coconuts. But in the trees were some chattering monkeys. So Sinbad and his sailors began to throw rocks at the monkeys, and soon the enraged monkeys seized the coconuts and began to hurl them at the men on the ground. It's pretty much a good illustration of what happens when we get angry. We throw away the valuable things in life. Unwarranted anger has offspring. Just as love has fruit of the Spirit, so does anger. The grapes of wrath are fruit that sets people's teeth on edge. It echoes from now until eternity. I spoke a word in anger to one who was my friend. Like a knife, it cut him deeply, a wound that was hard to mend. That word so thoughtlessly uttered, I would we could both forget. But its echo lives and memory gives the recollection yet. Be careful. Anger can destroy friendships. Proverbs 5, make no friendship with an angry man. With a furious man, do not accompany, or you're going to learn his ways, and it'll be a trap and snare to your soul. Unwarranted anger incites people to violence and crime. Proverbs 14, he that is soon angry deals foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. And what about Proverbs 29? That anger leads to other sins. An angry man stirs up strife. A furious man abounds in transgression. A good thing to remember is that you can't save face if you lose your head. Then Matthew 5, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, anger invites judgment. What is the cure? The cure for anger is patience. He that is slow to anger is mightier, mightier than the mightiest man. Be slow to speak. Use soft answers. Proverbs 15, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Learn to speak coolly and calmly. Learn to wait before you speak. It's a speech research unit of Kenyon College proved through test after test that when a person is shouted at, they simply can't help it. They're going to shout back. You can use this to keep another person from becoming angrier. Control the tone of your own voice. Keep your own voice soft and you won't become angry. Keep your own voice soft and you will keep someone else from becoming angry. Yes, be patient. Slow to anger. You have to pray anger from your heart. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7, don't be hasty in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the chest of fools. Anger rests in our spirit. Pray this anger from our heart. 
Why do you suppose Jesus prayed so much? Maybe it was to keep anger from working its way into his great heart. The Secretary of War under Lincoln, Mr. Stanton, received an important letter from one of the Union generals. He told Lincoln about it. He said, I'm going to write him back. Two days later, he showed Lincoln the letter, and Lincoln said, that's a wonderful letter. Now, what are you going to do with the letter? Stanton said, well, I shall mail it to him. Oh, I wouldn't do that, replied the president. Why don't you throw it away? After two days of writing it, yes. It took two days to write it, and it did you a lot of good. And you feel a lot better now, and that's all that's necessary. Throw it away. Sometimes swallowing words of anger before we say them is better than having to eat them afterwards. Authenticity. If we are going to be authentic, if we are going to be genuine, if we're going to live a lives worthy of the calling of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the blood of Calvary, then we're going to have to learn how to get a hold of the anger issue. Anger is rooted in the fact that we fear things. We fear loss. We fear being judged. And so we respond in anger. Why don't you cast your cares upon the Lord? Why don't you put it all on his shoulders, lay it down at his feet and say, God, I'm going to rid myself of this anger issue. And Lord, I can only do it if you will help me. I'm willing, Lord, but I'm going to need a lot of your help. I want to live an authentic life. I want to be the world's strongest person. I'll do that by getting control of my own spirit. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.